From Nashville, Tennessee, it's the weekly Grace Church Nashville podcast. Feel free to follow us on Twitter at Grace Church Nash and use the hashtag located in the podcast description. And now here's Lyndall Cooley with this week's message. I'm going to preach to the people of God this morning, not to the bystanders and the visitors who are not sure they love God. I'm going to preach to people who have made a decision to follow Jesus. And I want to teach you some stuff, and I'm going to talk to you about the Bible, but just this right here. The Bible predicted this. And, and you know, we've been inundated with the grace of God, but the Bible says that, that, that there is a time when that graceful, loving Savior is going to turn people who are disobedient and children of disobedience into hell. That's what he said, turn them into hell where the fire doesn't die. That's what it says. And that's a hard thing for people to reconcile because in this age we live in, it's not about truth anymore. It's about narrative. It doesn't matter what the truth is. I've literally seen people online going, I don't want you to confuse me with facts. I believe this, and this is what I'm going to believe. The narrative is more important than truth. And somebody says, well, that's just... No, no, let me tell you, that's a biblical prophecy come to pass. The word said there'd be a place where truth would fall into the streets. The Bible says that those who would be an abomination before God, who would be lost ultimately, are people who did not love the truth. Well, what is the truth, Jesus? Jesus is perfect theology. What's the truth? Jesus, the truth, the way, the light. He said it himself. I'm the way, the truth, the light. People don't love truth. They just want you to say what makes them feel better. They want to argue. They want to, they want to fight. They want to get mad. Yeah. The church in recent years, a few, maybe five, six years ago, 10 years ago, the tone moved for, has begun to move from antagonistic to just downright hateful and now harsh. It's completely harsh. Have you noticed? Is, am I preaching to nobody? You all not here? I, I won't be long, I promise you, but, but are you here? Are you watching this or is it just me? People are harsh. They don't just disagree. They, they're angry. It's all predicted in the Bible. It's all predicted in the Word of God. They wouldn't love truth. They would hate truth. That's what it says. Somebody says, you're talking about political truth. No, I'm talking about truth, period. Organizations out there that hate the, the family that God established. A father, a mother, and children. They hate it. They don't want to just see an additional optional family where two men or two women are, are, are dads and moms. No, they don't say that. You read them. They hate it. They want to abolish. Y'all understand abolish? Do y'all understand abolish? We've gone beyond just, well, you know... We used to be at kind of antagonistic. You know, if you want to live that way, that's fine for you. But let me live my way and leave me alone. Now it's not that way. If you don't agree with me, you're wrong. If you don't agree with me, you're totally in the wrong. If you don't uh, capitulate to my views, then you are absolutely my enemy. I heard people say, Lyndall, if you don't stand up and say something... And I have said plenty about racism. I've said plenty. But they wanted me to say Black Lives Matter is what they wanted me to say. And I couldn't say because I read the website. I couldn't. I totally agree with the words Black Lives Matter. I believe that. I grew up in black church all my life. I'm white, but I grew up in black church. So absolutely, do I think black lives 
better believe it, but I do not believe in that damnable organization. Not at all. When I read their website, they've taken, do you know what? They've, they've gotten backlash. They took a bunch of it down. But originally when it was up there, it was the abolishment of the nuclear family. So we've moved away from just wanting an option. If you want to live that way, live it. No, no, no. Now you're going to live the way I want you to live and I'm going to destroy the way you live. Are you kidding me? And it's all predicted in the word. It's all demonic. It's all devised to get the whites to hate the blacks and the marrieds to hate the singles and the gays to hate the straights. It's all that. It's all just to stir division, stir division. And I don't know about you, but as a person of the Lord trying to follow Jesus, I'm not going to let anybody bring me down into this foul confusion that's in the atmosphere. I'm going to love my brother, whatever color they are, because I'm commanded by the Lord that if I don't, and this is where your true test is coming in the, in the days to pass. Do not hate the person. Do not hate the person. Pray against the spirit in control of them. Do not hate that person because they're created in the image of God, fearfully and wonderfully made. And black, red, yellow, white people are not your enemy. The spirit of division is your enemy. That's what's going on. The The spirit of destruction is your enemy. It's not those people. So don't you get into that because that's what the devil wants. And if we get Biden for a president, I better not hear Christians praying, Lord, just kill him. Visit him with a rock. It's called witchcraft. Or if Trump gets in, people praying, oh, God, I hope he has a heart attack and dies. That's called witchcraft. We don't do that in the kingdom of God. We honor whoever is in the the place that's a place of honor. We honored President Obama. We honored President Bush. We honored President Clinton. We honor whoever God allows to get in that office. So we got to stop this foolishness right here in the house of God. It's got to stop now. It needs to stop now. I know I could get more cheers if I'd land on one side or the other, but I'm here to tell you something one more time. I am an alien. I was born in America, but spiritually when I was born again, I was born again of the flesh and of the spirit, and I don't even belong on this planet. You're right. I am a, I'm an alien, and I'm waiting on Jesus to come get me. And when he comes to get me, I'm going to a, a land that never ends, and I'm going to be with my peeps. Until I'm there, I've got the church of Jesus Christ who are my peeps that call on the name of Jesus and I'm here to love all the sinners and not push them away and I'm here to populate heaven and depopulate hell. That's what I'm here to do. If I say certain political words, I lose half of my voice to talk to those who are lost. And I want to talk to the lost. I don't want to just talk to the saved. I want to preach to the lost. People get ready. There's a train coming. We've moved from a free society to an intolerant one. But our society is not intolerant of everything. Primarily, it's just Bible-believing Christians. Wonder who's behind that. Can you say Satan? (laughs) In recent years, the tone has gotten hateful. And you know what the church's response to all this has been? Apologetic. We've apologized. 
We've lowered our standards to make sure we're inclusive to a society who refuses to include us. I mean, no matter how much I capitulate to people who believe in things that are against the teaching of the word of God, they're not going to accept me because they know because the spirit in them that's controlling them hates the spirit of God in me. And that's predicted in the Bible too. Jesus said, if they hated me, they will hate you. It's a, it's a badge of honor, but don't go stir up hate to get people to hate you. Let them hate you for the right reason. Let them hate you because Jesus is coming out of the pores of your skin. Let them hate you for that. Let them hate you when they spit in your face. You still do good to them. Let them, let them hate you because you still care for people and love people and show the hand of Jesus. Don't, don't let them hate you because you're arguing with them over things you can't win. I'm not trying to stir division this morning with these statements. I'm just trying to convince you of the truth is that you need to move closer to Jesus. And you need to be filled with the power of God. You see, as the days wear on, you're going to find it's going to become more and more difficult and even eventually impossible to walk this earth in a Christ-like manner without being daily filled. Daily filled. See, the power of the Holy Ghost has always been central to the New Testament, but from here on in America and the world, it will not be optional equipment. God is turning us, this listless bride, into a warring and a warring bride who's restored to a place of power. We are going to see the power of God flowing through the church of Jesus Christ in these days. Why? Because of persecution. Are you afraid of it? No. I am sick of what we've been for the last 20 years. I mean, I know this is radical and everybody gets mad at me, but I just never could understand this, Brother Michael. I don't understand why people come to church and and just don't live the thing. I mean, I don't know why we just don't get the power of the Holy Ghost. I don't understand. I mean, do you think just hanging out in the pew is going to get you somewhere? I mean, if Jesus doesn't get in your heart and the Holy Ghost don't permeate out of your pores, you're probably not going up in the rapture anyway. So I don't know. I don't know why in the world you're just hanging around the church just so you can feel guilty. I mean, is there some joy of feeling guilty? You got enough world to, to, to be pulled to the world, enough Jesus to make you miserable? Jesus said, be hot or cold or you're vomit. That's what Jesus said. Not my words. I didn't write the book. I wish you were hot or cold. So it's best. See, that's Jesus, I just say it different than he did. I want you to look at a man named Peter here in the fourth chapter of Acts. And I want to show you something. I want to show you prophetically, I believe, where God is bringing you and me. You ready? Now, as they spoke to the people, the priests and the captains of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them being greatly disturbed. Now, who came upon them? Well, let's see. The people... You hearing me? The people are mad. They're angry. The priests, wait a minute, they're not supposed to be mad. And the captain of the temple and the Sadducees, being greatly disturbed that they taught people and preached in Jesus the resurrection and resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them into custody until the next day, for it was already evening. However, many of those who heard the word believed. 
Many. That means most of. Anytime you see many, it usually means most of. Most of everybody who heard the word believed. And a number of men came out about 5,000. And it came to pass on the next day, they brought him up, you know, the rulers and the elders and the scribes and all these, all these leaders and, and, and church leaders and priests and family of high priests. They gathered in Jerusalem and when they had set them in the midst, they said, by what power and by what name have you done this? Peter, look here, look at this. This is you. Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. It didn't just say Peter. It says Peter filled with the Holy Spirit, comma, said to them, rulers of the people. Now, this is the same little guy who denied Jesus three times. Something's happened to Peter that's changed him. Wonder what it could be. Peter filled with the Holy Spirit said, rulers of the people and the elders of Israel. If we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he uh, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, a little preach here, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. He put a little preach in there, a little gospel. By him, this man stands whole before you. They got mad. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? They got mad because they healed a man. Don't think we ain't close to this in the world. We're right there at it. And Peter says, we're on trial for the benefit of a sick man. We did something good for a sick man. Can I tell you something, friend? I think the reason some of us don't want to go into the power of God is because it stirs up demons. Because a church of power will confront hell. And that power that's in us is there for the purpose of undoing the works of the devil. See, God wants to undo the work of the enemy. God has left us on this planet so we could go apprehend busted up and broken people and undo the works of the devil in their life. The Christian life for a long time in Middle Tennessee in America has been, look, we got to learn to be better people. We got to get be better with our family, get order in our job and prosper and be nice citizens. And all this positive and good it's all good, but it's been a limit of what Christian life is. The possibility that demons could manifest themselves in a public church meeting scares most people and it's deplorable to others. And it's completely foreign to the church of America today. And it's considered extremely undesirable because the seekers wouldn't understand it. Have you ever thought about how stupid we are? I mean, there's a difference between ignorant and stupid. Ignorant means you're just, uh, you don't know. I, I don't mind being ignorant. I'm ignorant of a lot. But stupid is when you know and you don't do. That's called stupid. I mean, branch is there and you just walk into it. I mean, you're looking at it. That's called stupid. I mean, think about it a minute. If we really believe what this book says, then why are we changing our meetings so that people who don't believe this book will be comfortable? Could I just ask that question in the name of, in the name of seeker friendly? I mean, I mean, just be common sense with me a minute, okay? 
just be common sense with me. You want to become an American citizen, but you don't want to learn English. Or you want to become a French citizen, but you don't want to learn French. I would never go to France and not plan on learning French because I wouldn't be able to talk to people. I'd want to know a little bit about their history. I'd want to know a little bit about the do's and don'ts in society. Because there's certain societies where some of the things we do in America are very offensive. Right? Like you do this in England, it's not a good thing. It's not okay. <laughs> Far from okay, okay? Far from okay. In England, you know, pants mean underwear. I got that one done to me real, real quick. I, what do y'all think about these pants? I can't see them. <laughs> trousers, okay, trousers. Dungarees, if you will. There's things that are just offensive to certain nations because you don't know the... So if you're going to incorporate yourself in a nation, you need to learn a little bit about the culture and you need to learn the language so you can talk. Well, what's so weird about that is if you go to a mosque and you want to become a Muslim, they're not going to water down the Koran for you. They're going to make you take your shoes off at the door... Which is why I didn't even do the Dome of the Rock in Israel. I thought, I'm not taking my shoes off to no demon God. I'm not honoring a demon God. Allah is not God. Jehovah is God and God alone. So, sorry, no capitulation here. If I got to take my shoes off, ain't going to happen. I just never go in. But they're not going to change the chants for you. And they're not going to tell you you don't have to dress a certain way. And they're going to tell you girls that you don't have to wear the whole covering and all that sort of thing. No, if you decide you want to be Muslim, June, you're going to have to cover everything up. You're going to have to cover it all because you can't be a Muslim in, in right standing unless you do. They're not going to change what they believe. Only the church. We'll change everything we believe to try to get people who don't even want to believe what we believe to come and say they believe. Only the church does that. Only the church does that. So I think what you're about to see is us returning to who God called us to be. Our lives as nice people will cause demons to sit right next to you and be comfortable. Believers should invade the comfort zone of the devil on a regular basis. Because God has called us to a gospel of power. If you don't want to stir some stuff up, then don't demonstrate power. Acts 4.18. So they called and commanded them not to speak in the name of Jesus. Look at that. Y'all don't do it in his name, even though you healed a guy and he's doing great. Don't do that ever again. But Peter, I love him. But Peter and John answered and said, well, whatever is right in the sight of God, to, is it right to listen to you more than God? You judge. For we cannot speak, we cannot but speak the things we, which we have seen and heard. Cannot but, we cannot shut up. Look who's talking, the same guy who spent three and a half years with Jesus, seeing untold miracles beyond comprehension. The Bible says the miracles of Jesus recorded, the books couldn't hold them. He was overwhelmed by the presence of Jesus for three and a half years. But at the end of three and a half years, Peter was confronted by a servant girl and denies he knows Jesus because he's afraid he might die. Peter starts swearing and says, I don't know him. So evidently hanging around Jesus for three and a half years was not enough to cause Peter to not be, to not be able to stop talking about what he'd seen and heard. He stopped. No, something happened to Peter. 
that made a radical change in his life. Something caused him to be unable to stop. He had no choice. It's like it's spilling out. He had become so immersed in God, my, 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 that the decision to disobey was forfeited. Jesus was not one who threw around lofty ideals. He was one who performed the works of the kingdom and then explained them. See, the gospel of the kingdom is not about sermons. The gospel, it's not a gospel where we put thoughts onto nice packages and talk about them, then go and live the same way we've always lived. It's not a gospel of words alone. It's a gospel of power. 1 Thessalonians 5, for our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in the power, and look at this, and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance. As you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. Acts 4.29, back to our story. Look on their threats and grant your servants boldness. They just got in trouble, threatened to be thrown in jail and beaten. And they said, we won't shut up. Furthermore, Lord, grant us boldness to speak louder. I've preached on this at nauseum, but one more time I'm going to say this one phrase. This is, to me, the most, the most adequate scriptural outline of revival in Acts 14. Because, see, can I honestly just speak to you as a pastor and a friend and an American? I don't like the idea of disruptions of services in America. I don't like the idea of trouble in America. I don't like the idea of stores being locked and Walmart taking their guns away. and taking, I, I don't like that kind of stuff. And if you listen to it, it can cause you to be fearful. It can create fear. I want you to understand something this pastor is trying to tell you today. That is not who you are. And I want you to see fear as your enemy. Quit embracing fear. Quit pacifying fear. Can I understand? Can you please understand that if you die... See, the only thing the devil has to use on you is fear. And fear is faith in reverse. You understand that? It's, it's like instead of faith in God, it's faith in fear that something horrible is going to happen. Can, can, I, can I help you out? Everybody here is going to die. Just you know, It's kind of going to happen. If Jesus doesn't come before the, you die, you're all going to die. Every one of you. Every stinking one of you are going to die. And all you're doing, everything you're doing right now is postponing the inevitable. So you're eating well because you want to postpone the inevitable. You're going to the doctor and doing everything. The do- you're postponing the inevitable. So that's fine. The only reason you should want to live is so you can preach the gospel some more and tell people about Jesus and get your kids in the ark and get everybody ready to go. That's really the only reason you should live. But the truth is every believer ought to long for death because we'll see Jesus. I mean, we're going to see Jesus. All this trouble is going to be over and we're going to be with the Lord. It is the goal of every Christian. If the doctor says you got cancer, there's a natural human thing that happens of, oh, my Lord. And automatically when that happens, you go, go ride a bull named Fu Manchu. And then you go skydiving. Because you figure you're dying anyway, it won't really matter. See, now I know how unholy all of y'all are. I know what you've been listening to. But the fact of the matter is there's nothing to fear. And the devil's only power, truly, is fear. 
Fear you're going to lose. Fear you're going to die. Fear you're going to, your family's going to starve. Fear you're going to have a place to live. Fear that you'll fail. Fear that someone will laugh at you. Fear that you're too fat, you're too skinny, you're too ugly, nose is too big. Fear that you'll be rejected. Fear, 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 which every bit of it stops you from doing anything. And the whole purpose of the enemy is to wrap you up in a mummified idea of fear so he can wrap your arms close to you and get your legs and never move and get you scared to death to go outside, do anything, have any friends, do anything. I mean, express yourself. He's scared to death that you see, actually the devil's use of fear on you is his fear of you. Oh, that's good. Yeah. The devil's use of fear against you is his fear of you. Because you're the thing that can really mess with him. And he knows it. So, I mean, if you're my enemy and you can mess me up, I'm going to wrap you up and tie you up if I can. Iconium. They go down there and it says they went together to the synagogue of the Jews. Now, so they're in church. They're in the synagogue. And they so spoke. I don't know what so speaking, but they spoke powerfully. And it says a great multitude of Jews and Greeks believed. So evidently it was bigger than just a Jewish meeting. There were Greeks there too. It was a big meeting. Both Jews and Greeks believed, but the unbelieving Jews, there's always a few of those, stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds. You see that right there? What you're watching in the world right now is the poisoning of minds. Stirred up the Gentiles, poisoned their minds against the brethren. I love this phrase. Therefore, they stayed there a long time, speaking boldly. Y'all get that at all. I mean, this, I've, I've said this a hundred times in this pulpit, but that's where God's trying to take all of you. God's trying to take you when they say they're going to close up all the stores and maybe you're not going to get any toilet paper and maybe there's going to be riot in the streets. And instead of you hunkering down in your closet like it's a tornado, going, hey, now we're in normal world. See, this cocoon of false religion we've been sleeping in for the last 30 years is not real. What we're seeing right now is real. And as the real gets realer and the dark gets darker, the light gets lighter. And when the light gets lighter, it makes the dark matter. So if you're trying to pacify, we are the world. If you're trying to live in that sweet, hunky-dory, Michael Jackson ballad world, please know those days are over. So you may as well go ahead and just be so bright, you're fully obnoxious. Not purposefully obnoxious. You're just obnoxious because of who's in you. Not what you say. And please, will you stop arguing with people? Please, 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 please. You're not going to win anything on Facebook. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant your servants boldness. Oh, I love that. They're saying in the middle of conflict... We're being threatened for our lives. Give us more boldness. Oh, do y'all get that? Instead of, oh, we're in trouble. They're going to throw us in jail. Lord, just protect us. Oh, put the, right now. I just put the angels of the Lord around the camp around me that no harm will come near me. That's, that's the American way to pray. Not the apostle way to pray. The apostle ways to pray is hell's broke loose. They're threatening to kill us. Give us more boldness. See, this is normal Christianity. This is not sick. In Littleton, Colorado, y'all remember those days? It was the early 90s, I think. Many kids died by a shooter in, in the school. 
eight of them were believers in Jesus. And at least two of them that we know of stood up and confessed Jesus. And a gun was put to their heads and they were killed. The students, let me explain this to you. The part the news did not report for you is this part. After that shooting, revival broke out after the tragedy in the school. Students were rejecting counseling because they didn't want to be pampered in tragedy, but rather they desired to put their life on the line for Jesus. Weak-hearted Christian students who were in the room when their friends confessed Jesus had been walking in shame and they repented before God and they stood before their city and declared their willingness to follow Jesus. Every believer is commanded to stand in the face of hellish winds and of adversity and declare the word of the Lord. If we don't declare the word of the Lord, how can peace ever come? If we don't stand and face the storm down and declare the mighty name of Jesus Christ, how can we ever see freedom come to the captive? If we're hiding with our canned foods in the basement, how are those that are sliding into hell going to know the good news of Jesus? Unless we stand up and go, wait a minute, there is a redeemer. So what's adversity for you? Is it a disease or sickness you're struggling with? Is it family conflict? Is your business going under? Are you living in a neighborhood obsessed with drug addiction? Oh God, visit Grace Church in the days to come so we can't keep quiet. Lord, we avoid conflict too much. We chicken out too much. Lord, don't let us stand by the side anymore. God, do something that causes us to not keep quiet. Acts 4.31, finally. And when they had prayed, the place where they assembled was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spoke the word with boldness. Jesus in John 20 went to see his disciples who were all hiding in the cellar with their canned goods. People said to me, said, Lyndall, do we need to get some canned goods in case things get bad? I don't know. Do you have the Holy Ghost? The Holy Ghost tell you what to do. Well, I just want to know what you're doing. It's none of your business what I'm doing. <laughs> get your own Holy Ghost. You got your own Holy Ghost. I ain't here to tell you what to do. Holy Ghost is there to tell you what to do. Let him tell you. Then if something doesn't happen, you'll be like the morning after Y2K. Why did I buy all these beans and rice? Put myself in debt buying freeze-dried food. We didn't even have a disaster. The Lord knows. The Lord warns people when things are coming. And if the Holy Spirit in you is telling you to do something, then do it. But make sure if you're going to put some food away, put it for your neighbors too. Make sure you got... You got enough to share and help people in time of trouble. Jesus walks through the wall. They're scared to death they're going to die. They killed Jesus. They're going to get us next. They're shaking and hiding out in a room. And Jesus walks through the wall and says, uh, peace to you. They kind of needed it. Oh, we're going to die. Oh. Peace to you. 
That's what the Lord says to you today. I feel that right there. Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Wow. They were born again right there. And Jesus said, Now, don't let that be all that there is because there's still something inside of you boys that if you face the wrong kind of opposition, you're going to fail. I've breathed on you. You know me now, and I've comforted you, but you still need something else. You can't see it, but the last time you thought if you hung around me for three and a half years, you'd be able to walk and never deny me. But I see something inside your soul, your character and your nature that that only a gale force wind can touch. You still need an encounter that completely changes your focus and rearranges your value of life. My intention for you is not that you just get a ticket to heaven, not just get the Holy Spirit inside of you. My ultimate intention for you is that you be immersed and saturated, baptized, filled with the Spirit of God so that every cell of your being, every breath you take, every thought is infected by this kingdom of God, by the presence of God. It's the absolute pinnacle of human experience on the earth to be filled with the Holy Spirit. How do I know I'm filled with the Holy Spirit? How do I know I'm full? Because you run over. You don't want to stop at full. You want to run over. You don't need to be tapping into your Holy Ghost to help others. You need extra. So you want him just to pour it in until it's just sloshing everywhere. On the day of Pentecost, Peter was filled to running over. And that same scared, timid boy who denied Jesus when he thought he would lose his life, who was huddling with the others in fear. On Acts 2, he got filled with some power. And Acts 4, he stands before leaders filled with the Spirit of God. Notice it says that. And he says, God, give me boldness to enter the conflict and come out victorious. He doesn't pray for relief. He doesn't pray for deliverance. He prays for boldness so he can go deeper into the gates of hell and grab more victims as they're being held by the power of the devil. This is normal Christianity. Welcome. You're about to experience it. Thanks for listening. For more information about Grace Church, you can visit us online at gracechurchnashville.com and find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash gracechurchnash. Hope you have a great week, and we'll see you next time.